Hello, and welcome to Two Pews in a Pod. Join us as we explore faith in a modern world with the pastors of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Frederick, Maryland. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Paul Baglios and Pastor Ginger Bennett. Hi, I'm Ginger Bennett. And I'm Paul Baglios. Welcome. This is episode two of a six-part series on the topic of baptism. And in our previous episode, we were remarking that among the varieties of Christian traditions, many matters related to baptism have been uh, topics of disagreement, Mm -hmm. sometimes virulent disagreement, Mm -hmm. different understandings. And perhaps one of the most contested matters related to baptism in the history of Christianity has to do with the question of whether baptism is for believers mm-hmm. or believers or whether it is also appropriate for young people, even infants. Right. And, and we have um, the church as a whole, historically, has done differing things, right? In the early church, People were already adults before they had made the decision to to be baptized. And so in those early days, you had one set up for folks where they would go through their what we called catechesis, where they are learning about um, the the faith and what that is, and then they entered into the baptismal rite. Um, and then later when they had children. Then there was the question, well, do Mm -hmm. they need to wait until they are adults, or could they be baptized early on? Yeah, different passages of the New Testament um, leave it unclear, right? um, but certainly give indication that the early church uh, had a variety of practices regarding Mm -hmm. baptism, including baptism of people at very different ages. Mm Mm-hmm. But we want to begin this episode by talking about some of the reasons that some Christian traditions do insist upon what is often referred to as believer's baptism, that a person to be baptized must come to that occasion able to make a rational declaration of Mm -hmm. intention, a rational uh, profession of faith. yeah, so so the idea being that you enter baptism with your eyes wide open, right? You you want to proclaim for yourself, I know about what it means to be a Christian and I choose this for me and this is the walk that I choose mm-hmm. to live in my life, which is very different than parents asking a child saying I would like to bring my child and this is what I want for them. So, so definitely two very different um, ways of, of looking at that. We spoke in the previous episode about promises connected mm-hmm. to baptism, the promises that God makes and the reciprocal promises that people who are baptized make or who mm-hmm. bring someone for baptism might make. And for those Christian traditions that insist upon believers' baptism, part of the intention is to make sure that the person has the wherewithal Mm -hmm. to know what they are 
promising what they are getting into and mm -hmm. to be able to acknowledge, yes, I consent to this, I mm -hmm. desire this, I agree to this, mm -hmm. I am committed to this. Well, and also, if you are baptized as an adult, you have a memory. Or even as a child that's old enough to make a statement of faith, you have a memory of that um, event taking place. And um, there are people that would point out that to them, that's a special occasion to um, look back to and reflect upon. And that's a reason that some folks may say, no, I would like to wait until later. So, so in, in our tradition though, we have, uh, we have, we uh, will baptize anybody that comes to us and says, I want myself baptized or I'd like my child baptized. But we do have, um, that level of conversation with a parent if we're baptizing a child and because we want to make sure for them that if this is an infant being baptized, that they're not on this journey alone, that the parents are going to bring them to that same place that someone who has taken part in a believer's baptism, get them to that same place. So, so more like instead of learning first and then being baptized, what we may do often for families is we allow the children to be baptized and the family bring them up knowing that they're claimed by God and they are, um, they are a part of that promise and they're viewing the world with this uh, stamp of being a Christian on it. But then we teach them those lessons about God and what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, there's something um, very sad to think about a person who might be baptized as an infant and by whatever circumstances of life never ever know that that happened, mm -hmm. never have any awareness mm -hmm. that this occurred. Um, despite this, though, it is a common practice mm -hmm. among Lutheran Christians as among many other mm -hmm. Christian traditions that baptism may occur very early in life, mm -hmm. um, in very early infancy. I know, not because I remember, but because I can see the documentation, <laughs> that I was baptized at roughly the age of two months old. Okay. And I have no recollection of that event. Okay. So why? Why do some Christians, like Lutheran Christians, um, practice baptism even for people who are newborn babies yeah. very early, not able to participate in the event right. while the event is occurring. Well, I love, I love the, the idea that we have in our tradition that a newborn baby is the perfect example of how we come before God. We often like to think of ourselves as capable and we can, we can do this uh, thing or we can, we can help God along maybe. But the reality is in baptism, our one responsibility is to show up. And God does everything else. And that's such a beautiful a beautiful reality that God takes us as we are, where we are, and there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. Yes, and connected also to something we talked about in the previous episode. In baptism, our conviction is that it is 
primarily an act of God in which mm -hmm. God takes the initiative. Yes. And God takes the initiative in our lives always. Mm -hmm. And God's initiative is not dependent upon or conditioned by our reciprocating mm -hmm. or even by our capacity to reciprocate. Right. So even a newborn infant um, in baptism, we we, as it were, trace the hand of God um, mm -hmm. coming close and taking even this infant mm -hmm. into God's embrace. And it's, it's this wonderful um, place to, to start, right? If we start our relationship with God as a small infant, knowing that um, everything we do has been through this lens of a baptized Christian, then uh, for us, going out into the world and, and learning, we are, um, we are hopefully, um, it, considering the promises that the, the family and the uh, sponsors make in baptism, where they are reminding us of our baptism and they are bringing us to the sacraments and they are um, teaching us scripture, we are all we're doing this with our eyes wide open, and I think that's a beautiful thing. But then after that, we are confirmed, right? And that which may be a topic for a different for a different, <laughs> for a different series. <laughs> but but it's a good thing to think about. You know, it's a journey that happens, and and regardless of your age, when you start out, you're learning about um, about God, um, partly based on those. If you can't make the promises, the family is making those for you. Well, in any of these steps in the life of Christian faith, whether they are the big milestone steps such as confirmation or whether they are the smaller, more familiar steps of our everyday lives, anything connected to the life of faith. And, and here again, Luther is a very helpful mm -hmm. teacher yes. of the church. That any aspect of our faith follows from the initiative God has already taken. Right. Um, it was one of Luther's central teachings that mm -hmm. faith follows God's initiative. That's faith right. follows God's love. Mm -hmm. Faith follows God's grace. It's always a response to it. Right. So much so that in many of his writings, Luther teaches that God's love is, is the prompt Mm -hmm. of faith itself. Right, right. And and what's beautiful is we Lutherans aren't the only ones that have this understanding, although Luther is a wonderful guide for mm -hmm. us. There are other people that got to this same understanding in other faith traditions. So um, we also think of baptism for us as an ecumenical experience, right? Regar you don't have to be Lutheran right. to be baptized. Well, and it's one of the happy uh, realities in what is often a sharply divided mm. uh, Christian church throughout the world, <laughs> divided into different convictions and different traditions. Yes. One of the happy experiences that overcomes some of that division is that most Christian traditions acknowledge, accept, and recognize and appreciate one another's practice of baptism. 
Right. And, and that's partly, you talked about the little certificate that you got when you were baptized. Um, not only is that for your own record, but if you were to go to a differing yeah. church and uh, wanting to become a member there, they may say, well, are you baptized? And you would have that uh, to show them and say, yes, I was baptized on this day mm. um, at this point in my life, which is a wonderful thing. We often receiving new members into the congregation here at Evangelical Lutheran Church. Um, very often people will come having been participants in a different Christian tradition. Mm -hmm. And we always ask the question of baptism has, mm -hmm. is, are they aware of baptism in their life? Is there a record of this? But we never, we would never baptize again. That's a good um, point because We've already been claimed by mm -hmm. Christ in baptism. Uh, again, we remember baptism. We talked about that mm -hmm. the last episode. We um, we reconnect with it at different parts of our life. We um, definitely enjoy getting uh, sprinkling the people in the congregation mm -hmm. our opportunity to get them wet again. Um, but our whole life is about living wet, as you mentioned, uh, walking wet. Um, and so because of that, um, it's an outside lived experience, yep. uh, that we then connect with. And so when other people come to us and say, yes, I'm baptized, I know this, um, and, and I know when I was baptized, that's another helpful thing, um, because, uh, it allows us to then, um, remember baptism together. Well, and, and similarly, if members of this congregation have occasion in their lives that um, they're going to um, become participants in a different congregation, mm -hmm. often because they've it relocated right. geographically or for other reasons, sometimes that's to other Lutheran congregations, mm -hmm. but sometimes we may um, hear from a church of a different denomination. We may be in full communion with, because we are in full communion with many other denominations. But we are all, always asked if we can provide mm -hmm. any data about mm -hmm. um, their their Christian life in mm -hmm. the church. And one of the questions is, um, do we have documentation of baptism? Mm -hmm. And if people go from this Lutheran congregation to a congregation of a different tradition, they are received without any requirement to be baptized again. Mm -hmm. And and it's uh, again, it's an image of Christ claiming us for this walk ahead. We may disagree on how that happens, but but um, in fact, not just here in the United States, but around the world, they, mm. there's a document that was created that really discusses this ability to connect around baptism. Tell you know us what of I'm this, talking about? Tell us of this document, <laughs> Pastor Bennett. We, we often call it the BIM document. Now, Pastor Baglios knows <laughs> this document well, so this is my quiz, right? Um, the BIM document talks about baptism, Eucharist, and ministry. And, and so it really goes into 
the theology of these things and, and really finding uh, that commonality and that common ground. Yeah, this is a document now some 40 years old from yeah. um, the World Council of Churches right. where Christian traditions around the world of very different histories yes. spent a lot of time um, trying to articulate where their understandings align and right. concur and what they can cheerfully and gratefully affirm and applaud in one another's teachings and practice, mm -hmm. especially over those three topics, baptism, Eucharist, and ministry. And baptism and Eucharist both being sacraments that are held to <clears throat> a very high level mm -hmm. of importance to many different mm -hmm. traditions. So the fact that we can come to agreement in those areas is very important. Mm -hmm. Well, we are grateful that you have taken the time again to listen and to watch. I am Paul Baglios. And I'm Ginger Bennett. And we'll see you at the next episode. This has been Two Pews in a Pod, a podcast led by the pastors of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Frederick, Maryland. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.